Hello and welcome to the Collapse Experiment, where today we get to learn about Fauci's wife and how she was uh, directly involved in all the policies that were taking place during 2020 and all the lockdowns and all the medical procedures and <clears throat> no conflict of interest there whatsoever. So uh, let's let's do a, a dive into this story. Although I'm pretty sure I've covered something like this before. I just don't know why it's only getting the spotlight that it has always deserved until now. How Fauci's wife used NIH position to backstop her husband's pandemic health directives. Yeah, let's see here. This is through Open the Books. It is... It's the Washington, D.C. power couple that cost taxpayers nearly $1 million per year. Yeah, they are some of the highest paid government employees <clears throat> ever. Why? I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you. Uh, well, Anthony Fauci gave the nation its pandemic public policy prescriptions. His wife, Dr. Christy Grady, the chief bioethicist, uh, at Fauci's employer, the National Institute of Health, the NIH, provided the moral framework. The Fauci's are important to the center-left because they represent the pinnacle moment of the administrative state, top-down public policy run by an elite group of government scientists. Conversely, to the center-right, the Fauci's represent the fatal conceit of the elites, as noble laudate, Lauderate, uh, economist Frederick Hayek, theorized the elites are no match for billions of free people acting in their own best interest. If you can get them to do such a thing. Meet the Fauci's. While Tony Fauci was the top paid federal bureaucrat and out-earned the U.S. president at 480000 per year, Christine Grady, as the chief bioethicist at the NIH, out-earned the U.S. vice president 243000 when adding 35% in benefits. The couple cost taxpayers an estimated nearly $1 million per year. Uh, I'm going to just throw this in here. I've never read this article before, so I don't know where it's going. That's not including all the patents that Fauci owns on certain medical procedures that were <clears throat> mandated as of three years ago. It's difficult to know where Fauci ends and Christine Grady begins. Here's how Tony Fauci described Grady's influence on his public policy decisions. I've benefited greatly from this partnership of overlapping interests and common interests. Uh, so clearly these two no longer have sex. So a lot of things that I do with regard to the development of vaccines and development of therapies have involved outbreaks and pandemics of ethical overtones to them. And I, really, if I just read it like he is... Uh, <laughs> I'm never going to get through this. I can say that I'm very blessed to be living with someone who is very likely, most people think, one of the most outstanding ethicists in the world. I have her in the house, and you know, as a consultant on ethical issues, it's pretty advantageous. Are you sure she's just not looking at her retirement fund? Ethicist? No. I'm Nope. Sorry. Women can be bitches, too. <laughs> So the Fauci's lived in a conflict of interest at the breakfast table, the office, the back home, and back home around the dinner table. However, NIH has never acknowledged this. Never. 
Never ever acknowledge this. In fact, NIH forced our organization to file two federal lawsuits with the public interest law firm Judicial Watch as our lawyers to finally bring transparency to the Fauci-Grady job descriptions, conflict of interest documents, financial and ethical disclosures, contracts, and other documents. Good for them. Then NIH slowly walked thousands of pages of production, yet no nepotism waivers were produced, no acknowledgement of conflicting interests, no records documenting violations of federal ethics policy. Of course, while Grady, uh, Grady's work during the pandemic was described as invaluable by the NIH director, Frances Collins, the general public knows little about her day-to-day responsibilities. Because... Usually these people don't have any. They just kind of pull stuff out of their butt on a whim, and there there it is. Um, and an open records request for Grady's job description revealed she, too, is meant to use her position to influence policy. Wow. Talk about a power couple. <laughs> Advocating lockdowns. Dr. Fauci knew that his uh, draconian policies on social isolation and economic lockdowns would have collateral negative consequences and admitted Christine Grady was a driving force behind his hardline approach. Yeah, okay. In November of 2021 interview with the couple, Fauci said that he gained strength from his wife's support, saying background and her experience is really core ethical principles helped me to really feel much more comfortable in what I was saying. Uh, you're going to do this or you're sleeping on the couch. <laughs> In the interview, Christy Grady described how she mind-mapped national policy with her husband. Husband. These two, no. Like, how did this happen? But we've had conversations about the sort of consequences of telling people to stay home and what it would do for the economy. And there were a lot of people in those days that instill who said it's ruining the economy. It's much more important to just keep things going and not worry about transmitting virus, I said. That one of the messages should be how many lives are you willing to sacrifice? And that message would be pretty stark and pretty brutal. And that's really what the trade-off was. Did she ask herself this about what the policies were going to do? Like how many lives was she willing to trade for a virus not to get spread? And that's really what the trade-off was. And so we had that kind of conversation over dinner more than one actually. Fauci replied that these conversations sharpened his resolve to move forward with lockdown policies. Oh, <sighs> ruining the country over a dinner table. Social isolation is one of the individual sacrifices Grady and Fauci thought was necessary to make on behalf of public health. Uh, you drove people to suicide, you f bleeping psychos. Vaccine development and public safety. And this appears to be quite the lengthy article, so I'm going to try skipping around here because there's one other article I'd like to get to on a different topic. So that's advocating lockdowns, vaccine development, and public safety. Even with mandated safety monitoring after EUA distribution, it would be difficult or impossible to ascertain vaccine-reduced adverse events. Uh, when you're having people fired for reporting adverse event events, how would you know? <clears throat> so yeah, that, that was happening. 
thanks to these two. Vaccine mandates. Grady's stance on vaccine mandates changed radically throughout the pandemic. Don't like this woman at all. In June 2020, a presentation she gave suggested immunity passports would cause discrimination without much overall gain. A passport system would allow businesses to limit or deny access to those who remained unvaccinated. Fine, I'll just hang out in the parking lot, dumbass, and pay somebody else that has the vaccine to go in and buy your product. If I really need it, or guess what, I'll just go elsewhere. Uh, but, um, but by early October 2021, Grady had decided the choice facing healthcare workers was a drastically different one, whether to get the vaccine or lose their jobs. Later that month, she also flipped her position on vaccine passports. What once was a potential source of discrimination was recast as a way to assess social benefits like restaurants and movie theaters. Oh my God, these people... Likewise, it became a social benefit to get a vaccine passport that would allow people to avoid government restrictions on their free movements. <laughs> Meanwhile, these uh, people decide not to wear a mask while at a... Oh, what is this, a baseball game? Yeah, nice picture here of these two. Mask mandates while her husband advocated masking and double masking. Even when fully vaccinated, Dr. Grady consistently backed his position. In July 2020, during an in-style interview, Grady answered questions about masking. Well, I would say that masks shouldn't be divisive. It's a relatively easy way to protect oneself and others. Blah, blah, blah. Patients dying in isolation. Yeah, this is this is one of those things that should never be forgotten, forgotten and never be forgiven. So um, during the pandemic, Grady revealed a difficult preference for government control over individual rights and responsibilities. If it's a right, it can't be taken away. You can't take away rights. You take away privileges. And quite frankly, I'm not a effing child so uh, no if I have a right to go see my loved ones I'm going to and I will kick your security's ass to do so uh, Grady was an early proponent of one of the most heinous pandemic policies patient dying in isolation for example while uncritically accepting dying in isolation as a fact of the pandemic Grady's primary solution was to expand funding for healthcare workers to have access to therapy and other resources to heal from their moral distress. Are you bleeping kidding me? Because of visiting policies and fear of contagion, sometimes when somebody is really sick, their family cannot visit them. They can't see them. The stress and the sadness of the isolation on families is and is going to be great. So stop being a... you psycho. Uh, presentation she called this lonely deaths understand is a lonely kind of death many institutions understandably have visitors policies which either restrict the number of visitors to one or zero so sometimes people are dying without having their family nearby and that puts an additional burden on the healthcare staff yeah that's called getting your ass kicked She's so she co-edited a section of the same book by arguing what book is this mm. Safety in a book published, 20, as a co-author, positioning, radical, solitary model for ethics and health. Okay, so it's like some step. Co-authored a section in the same book arguing this extends to dying in isolation. 
Conclusion, Grady and the next pandemic. Dear God, why are these people still in power? As demonstrated by her own words, Grady's record... uh, (coughs) Record services? An understanding of ethics and begs the fundamental moral question regularly subordinates individuals beneath an amorphous public health and relies on subtle but unacknowledged shifts to retain an alleged moral high ground. Well, some of her observations early in the pandemic did show an interest in providing nuance to policymaking, questions and usefulness of immunity passport, highlighting issues with long-term vaccine effects under a EUA rollout, blah, blah, blah. Um, Taxpayers compensate Grady generously, and they've owed full transparency about her role, responsibilities, and influence during the pandemic and into the future. These two need to be taken out of their positions pronto. They never should have been there to begin with at the beginning of this. This is completely out of line. Um, Yeah, Either one should have stepped down or the other. And um, for, man, for Fauci to be in a position where he could influence the NIH's decisions on what policy is going to be, yeah, uh, clearly a conflict of interest. Beyond the conflict, they're sleeping together. Like, it doesn't, (laughs) it doesn't get any any more corrupt than that like this isn't just somebody handing another person a paycheck uh this is this is bigger than that so what the hell okay and the other article that i wanted to read a completely different subject but uh bear with me So, FBI informant was embedded in j6 defense team lawyers allege mistrial mistrial much yeah so let's uh this is from the daily caller uh at least one proud boys member on trial over the j6 storming of the u.s capitol had a previously concealed fbi informant set to appear as a witness in their case a defense attorney said wednesday former proud boys national chairman enrique tario and members and members ethan nordy george joseph Biggs, Zachary Rawl, and Dominic Pizzola are all on federal trial after being accused in a June 22nd, 2022 indictment of conspiring to oppose the lawful transition of presidential power by force. The government revealed Wednesday that a witness scheduled to appear in the defense case Thursday has been an FBI confidential human source from April 2021 to at least January 2023, Rawls lawyer Carmen Hernandez said in a court filing obtained by American greatness Julie Kelly. Okay, breaking news. Just when you think DOJ can't get any dirtier, new motion just filed by defense in Proud Boys trial accusing DOJ of using an FBI informant to spy on and infiltrate the defense team. Uh, mis- mistrial. Hello. Is anybody listening? Judge, could you actually do your... Oh, I'm sorry, but if you're left-leaning or you're a Democrat, you don't know how to do your job. You're just appointed there because of God knows what reasons. Therefore, you have no idea what your job description is. 
The source had been an electronic contrast with Moore or, or one of the defense's counsel. Electric, electronic contact, okay. And at least one defendant over that period participated in prayer meetings with one or more defendant's family members and talked with one of the defendant's family members about replacing one of the defense counsel defiling alleges. Rawl and his fellow defendants subsequently started preparing a motion to dismiss their indictment or hold an evidentiary hearing. The filing demanded the release of all FBI interview reports and Justice Department memos about recording and reporting on the defense team. <clears throat> wow. Court filings previously suggested that the FBI had up to eight informants within the Proud Boys in the months surrounding the J6 Capitol riots. The New York Times reported the FBI did not immediately respond to the Daily Caller's new foundation's request for comment. So... So they're withholding evidence, for one. They're destroying evidence. They are wiretapping the communications between the defendants and their lawyers. That's also illegal. Uh, and now you have FBI informants who are spying on the defense team as also witnesses that the defense team is calling, not knowing that they are informants to the FBI. Holy, um, yeah, uh, makes me never want to be arrested or going to court because, uh, clearly we don't have a non-biased, uh, actual justice system. This is clearly something else. I don't know what the hell it is, but it is not what it is supposed to be. So clear this is this is totally insane. This should not be happening at all. But uh it is <clears throat> and for some reason I have a feeling that these guys are going to be convicted and it shouldn't even get that far. There shouldn't even be a sentencing part of this. It should just end right now. There should just be a mistrial. The the state is and the federal government is no longer allowed to bring their case. Um Clearly, you don't know how to do your effing jobs. And if you have to do this much of shady shit behind the scenes during the trial or before the trial even starts, you don't have a case. You're making stuff up. You're clearly trying to uh, frame these guys for something that didn't happen and doesn't exist. So, oh my God, shadiest motherfuckers on the planet, I swear to God. So, that's about it for me today. That's, that is your daily dose of the uh, <laughs> domestic shit show. Uh, that's, that's what I should just call this. The, uh, uh, the, the, the domestic, I don't know, foobar. Uh, it's just, uh, this is nuts. This is completely nuts. What, what the hell has happened to this country? Oh, keep on talking.